from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It is another edition of Inside Texas High School Soccer. We are joined with the, again, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of Texas High School Soccer, (laughs) Coach Rafa. Rafa, how are you, my man? Pretty good. Just enjoying my Saturday. Got some good barbecue in Lockhart. (laughs) Go back in time. <laughs> Some good barbecue, huh? That makes one of us. That makes one of us. So, again, for our listeners, thank you for joining us here on Inside Texas High School Soccer. Again, a spinoff, seri- uh, spin-off podcast series from uh, our collaboration between the 5050 Podcast and the our good friends at the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, along with Rafa, uh, Mr. Harry Austin as well. Uh, we're still, yes, for those of you who are still in shock that we did a, a six-hour uh, a six-hour hashtag second season bracketology podcast back on Wednesday. Yes, we're still here. Thank you for uh, for all the people that checked up on us. We appreciate that. Uh, quick shout out to our uh, our our sponsors, our our title sponsor, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep uh, prep program. I'm sorry, and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you in the San Antonio Central Texas area region, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center here in uh, here in san antonio you can also find more information on them on social media on twitter at satx recruiting as well as on instagram at college promoters usa and you can also find out more of what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com so coach what's uh what do you think about the may two days man two days into the mayhem it's just like the ncaa tournament it's like brackets are busted all over the place um, what are your thoughts on uh, just the initial thoughts before we kind of dive in with uh, just the chaos of the first two days of the uh, by district round? Well, we're all looking for the playoffs, like I said, especially from the last two years. So we had, you know, we're worried about you know things, games being canceled and so forth. So it was kind of like a full fledged feel real going into the you know playoffs, and uh, we had a couple of Saint uh, so, so Saint Petersburg <laughs> type of game, uh, upsets and. Um, and then also the you know the teams are the favorites, so especially some from those from the pound from pound. You know, there's a lot of them took care of business. Right. Um, and then we got some interesting matchups coming up too in the round in like a round two. So I'm sure we're looking forward to to see some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely dive into that. We'll uh, we'll hit on some of our uh, quote unquote bracket busters. Uh, some some of the surprises, of course. We'll also 
the uh, the powerhouses, some of them that delivered as well, many of them that delivered. And we'll look at some, just a few, right? Just a few, because if not, we could turn this into a six-hour podcast as well. Uh, but just a few of our, maybe of our top, uh, of our top uh, um, area round matchups that we're looking forward to. Again, there's plenty, so no disrespect to, because there's way too many to cover, to be honest, uh, in terms of what we'd like to talk about. Um, but so we're just going to hit on a handful and then, of course, what we do, we do our thing through uh, through through Twitter, of course, through social media. But then also probably another follow up podcast midweek next week. I think for the uh, the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable is that right, Ralph? Yeah, we're gonna do a recap of round one of by district and area round. Um, see what we got right, what we didn't get right <laughs> for the six hours, and and look and look into the uh, some. Ma- Maybe some intriguing matchups in those regional quarterfinals this you know for the next weekend right before the regional tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I mean, not surprisingly, overall for the most part, the brackets seem to do pretty well as far as how I think how we picked where we were leaning. I know we had a couple of we had a couple of disagreements, went a couple of different directions on a couple, but for the overwhelmingly, I think it looked the bracket looked pretty good. But there was a couple, there was a handful in there where, yeah, I think. I don't think anybody could have uh, predicted those. So, um, all right. So, but before we get into that, um, want to go ahead. We're going to bring in. So, uh, bring in our first guest here. He is Coach Victor Valle. He is the head uh, head women's soccer coach of the El Paso, the District One Six A District Champions, the El Paso Franklin Cougars, and oh, let me correct that. Also, the by district champion El Paso <laughs> Franklin Cougars, Coach Valle. How are you? That's right, Coach. Good on you guys. You guys doing good. I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, you hey, got. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, guys, for having me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we have, um, so we have Coach uh, Coach Rafa that's joining us as well. So, um, so obviously you're coming off of a, a late night. You had a very, uh, very late match last night versus yes, versus the four seed out of uh, District. I believe that was two six A, if I'm not mistaken in uh the uh midland bulldogs midland high bulldogs um what's what's your thoughts the uh the the next day from last night's uh by district match um you know what coach it was a great game it was a uh great game Midland um came in strong they're uh they're they're a good team last night just the whole high school um setting i mean it was perfect we had cheer we had the, the drum line we had a um our support from from our parents, staff, students, you know. So so I mean, just that whole mood, it was you know, um, set for a for a uh, a great match. Um, we had a a good game plan that that we worked on for the whole week. Girls did a great job on on um doing it, and I mean it 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 worked out, you know, because at the end we um we um came up to one. Nice, uh, Rafa. You got a question for him, sir? Yeah. Uh, what, coach? What, some of the things that you prepare for this playoff game against Midland. Like, what some of the things you worked on to kind of get everything went well for the game plan going into the game? Yes, sir. So one thing, coach, that 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 I did see. You know, I was trying to find as much as much info as possible on on um, on, on on Midlands. They have one girl. Her name is Kinsey Hill. She's a D1 player. She actually signed to play a college ball next season. I think it's at, at some Houston State. Um, I was able to uh, get a few clips, not just on on her but on the team. And 
and pretty much the whole team runs through 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 her you know she's the one who um who um sets the whole tempo who makes the team play um she if um, she is, is giving space she will turn and cause um, um problems um she is both i mean she can use both legs right leg left leg she um she's smart she's technical she loves to shoot a uh estimate from 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 the 20 to the 30 yard line and our whole game plan we you know was to pretty much just um close spaces on her um cut on um, passes to her pressure as quick as possible um closing our middle so that way there is no no space and i mean coach the whole game coach i be, i believe she had maybe one shot on, on goal and that was it our girls did a great job on pressing her the whole game she had no time to 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 think to get the ball to turn she had no space and i mean it was obvious because millions i mean they're a good team um the only really problem that we got it was on a few set pieces and actually that's 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 the way that it scored it was the corner kick um but yeah i mean um that was pretty much our whole um uh uh, uh game plan the defensive wise Awesome. So, you know, so you, you come off of that match and now, so your schedule, tell us a little bit, we know you're scheduled in the area around now to play, uh, to play Keller. Um, what are the, the details, finalized details? What can you share with us about that match? So as far as that game coach, um, this game will take place next Tuesday in, in Midlands game is set for, uh, for, four o'clock. Um, we will take up on Tuesday morning uh buses scheduled to leave frankton at uh, seven o'clock so we should be getting to midland more so like around one o'clock one thirty ish more so um plan is to to get into the stadium um get a good seat um stay in the shade hydrate stretch and then from there on you know um, um play so how do you, you how do you tag between now and then, coach? As far as the plan, do you you know you try to keep the routine as best as possible? Obviously, you make adjustments as needed, but um, how do you tackle as far as you know the maybe the night before the practice, the day before travel, um, anything that you kind of that you all do? I know we're creatures of habit as coaches and as athletes, but what do you? Are there any things things that you take into consideration that you try to keep maybe as normal as possible or maybe or try to minimize the adjustments you have to make? Yeah, coach. So one thing, coach, that I think might be a um, 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 what's the right word to use? Um, I guess a, a concern is going to be the weather. Midland on Tuesday is going to be about about 84 degrees um, during kickoff time at four o'clock. For the whole year, we do practice uh, first period, you know, so mm -hmm. we are not used to a heat for Tuesday's game. So one thing on Monday that we are going to do is that um, in 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 start having practice at uh, at 7:45 as usual. Um, that that class period first, we're going to do film gonna break it up you know go over game plan so forth and then practice it's actually gonna be held at three o'clock local time which is gonna be four o'clock midland time monday here uh no paso is gonna be about 82 degrees more so so that'll give us a, a day to at least prep and get a feel of the hot sun 
on Tuesday. So that's that's one thing that that on Monday we are going to do uh, differently for sure. Anything worry you in terms of uh, in terms of the travel? You know, El Paso this time of the year, El Paso teams they uh, they got the frequent flyer miles right. They're they're used <laughs> to traveling the long distances. What are uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, coach. Uh, I mean, from from our high school to the stadium is about a five hour drive. It is, it is. You know, so um, legs get stiff. Legs do do also get heavy. Um, yesterday it was it was obvious that Millen towards the last fifty minutes they they unfiltered. You know, it did. They started to to slow down. They started to press uh, a little bit slower. So it was obvious. So, you know, of course, that long trip, you know, it it it, it does worry me, especially because we do gotta travel so early. That means that girls gotta wake up at least by six o'clock, probably, you know, pack up, you know, so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh we plan to meet at six forty five at, at school, leave by seven o'clock. So yes, yeah, not that whole bus trip, a lot uh, legs being heavy, legs uh feeling stiff. It does worry me. Uh plan is to stop about halfway through the trip uh maybe even horn stop there uh girls are going to be able to walk we'll have a a, a team stretch um good thing about the, the trip is that um, i will only take 22 players so it means that that girls are going to be able to have a seat to their own yeah. maybe stretch you know feel a little bit more right comfortable on the bus um and then once we get to midlands probably about 1 30 to uh, 2 o'clock so it's gonna be again same thing drink water get um um hydrated again stretch walk you know so hopefully we'll we'll, we we won't feel as heavy throughout the whole game yeah so um anything what you can share with us obviously coach not the game plan itself but what are your thoughts uh so the keller indians right playing yes sir playing them on tuesday what are uh what are your initial thoughts on that? Obviously, you'll have you're going to have your hands full with a very good quality program. But uh, what are your initial thoughts on them? They're a good team, coach. They're a good team. They're a good team. Um, I was actually doing some some stats earlier. Um, they've only lost one game throughout the whole year um, in district. They ended up um, in second place. They won nine games, lost only one, and tied two. Um, they have a very strong defense as in district this year. They only got scored on eight times and throughout the whole season, they got scored on 11 times. So their defense, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's not pretty solid. Um, good thing though, is that on, on, on our side in district, we scored 48 goals. And overall, as of yesterday, we scored uh, 75 goals, you know, so offensively, I, I think we have power, you know, we do. We got, um, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna share a lot of details, you know, because the uh, game, but um, but I think that'd be a good match, a good match overall. Yeah, awesome. He is Coach uh, Victor Valle, the head women's soccer coach of the El Paso Franklin Cougars, the uh, District One Side District One Six A. I'm sorry, uh, District Champions and by District Champions in a uh, victory. They had a victory. A by district round, sorry, uh, by district round victory last night over the Midland Bulldogs. Coach, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We thank you guys. again Tuesday Appreciate you'll be playing versus uh, Keller Indians on Tuesday uh, at four p.m. and that will be in Midland at Grande Communication Stadium. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. Yes, awesome. sir. 
All right. Well, hey, coach, we wish you we know you got a lot of game planning to do along with your coaching staff. Get the girls ready. We wish you the absolute best. And thank you for joining us. Coach. Yes, sir, coaches. Thank you, thank guys. You. Good Have night. a good day. Have a good night. Bye bye. All right, man. What are your thoughts there on coaches? Uh, coaches comments? Uh, he, he looks very awesome, op optimistic about going into this game. Uh, you know, like I said, I know he's not going to reel his game plan, but I, I'm sure he's going to have something to have the girls prepared for this game because he knows it's going to be a tall task. Any any Metroplex team, you know, you're going up against, you got to be prepared, you know, for them because they, they a lot of those teams do have a lot of talent, and you know, and I'm sure he's going to have them ready to go. Uh, but Keller's also got a long long bus ride too, so. Because yeah. that could affect them as well. And then uh, he mentioned about the heat. Um, I did notice last night there was a lot of players getting cramps. Uh, so that's going to make come into play. And, uh, you know, make sure you drink, drink the Pedialyte, put in the water, and <laughs> get the pickle juice out and, you know, get a good stretch. And, yeah, because that turf really does going to make it things a little bit hotter, you know, during the game. And that could, like I said, that could, like he mentioned, that kind of tipped the scud a little bit also. You know, with the heaviness on the legs, tip the sail towards the end of the game. So that's what happened with Midland. Yeah, you know, it is an interesting piece because whether, you know, even for our, whether it's a club, our, our club players or non-club players, obviously, is they're, even though they've played in showcases, they've been training, they've been staying active, they're transitioning from, you know, and then obviously the high school season is in the winter. So they're transitioning from this all these cold months, right? You're training, you're playing late at night in the evening when it's cold, you're almost never under the sun, really, even if you're, even if you're practicing in the evening. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I think that's an interesting piece. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so very important to stay on top of that for sure. So, and I know our coaches, our coaches are keeping and keeping, keeping their eye on that, but shout out to our, uh, shout out to our athletic trainers across the state. Cause I know they put in, you know, they put in a lot of work on that and, you know, just the education piece as well. So, um, all right, coach. So let's dive right in. Let's go into, let's look at, you know, run us through. We look, you know, Thursday right out of the gates, you know, we had our very first match in the, uh, the state playoffs was boom, an upset. And the very first match that took place in the state. And then it just trickled down from there. It was a just complete mayhem first day. And it was followed up by some more on day two. So we have the by district round under our belt. Take us, take us through maybe a couple of your, your uh, bracket busters as we were building them. Take us through maybe some of those different regions. Diff doesn't matter the classification. On yeah. the boy, let's look at the boys side first. What stands out to you on the boys side? Well, the boys sides there were quite a few. Uh, the one that really kind of caught my eye was Frisco Riddy defeating Pros uh, Prosper Rock Hill two zero. That, that that really caught my eye because Frisco really, you know, was like a fourth place team, and they knocked ended up knocking out Prosper Hill, who had a great season, and they were the district champs, and they got knocked off. Um, and so that's out of region, you know, six A region one. A uh, couple other ones. Um, uh, like I said, we can go to the Valley, uh, Brownsville Pace, knocking out Far Valley View, who was a, a state semifinalist last year. Right. Right. Ended up winning two to one. Um, that was a bit, little bit of a shocker there. Um, other ones we have, for example, um, uh, they're in the El Paso area, uh, El Paso Pebble Hills. They beat Midland Legacy. 
you know, at 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 Grande Communication Stadium, and they won, took took away a one zero lead, a one zero win. So you know that that I'm sure that's got a good confidence booster for Pebble Hills going into the next round. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And the other ones, um, I know for some of our picks, you know, uh, the one another one that really kind of also caught my eye was uh, College Station. You know, New Caney Caney Porter wasn't was one of those uh, pound for pound teams, and they got knocked off by College Station, and. Yeah. So those, so those are some of the ones I have for the boy side that I really kind of that kind of honorable mention. Another one would be like uh, Klein. They beat they defeated Langham Creek, and Langham Creek's like one of those favorites from Region Three. You know, going to be trying to make the state playoffs. You know, I was a little surprised that they were knocked off. Yeah. That, that was game. your uh, that was your next, if I'm not mistaken, your next, your very first and your next five to get in into yeah. the, uh, the RPI, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, some crazy, some crazy stuff. And then we had a couple, you know, I know one of the few handful of Saturday matches that we had like today, you know, we tweeted on it earlier today um, El pa- out in El Paso, right? Uh, Bel Air, Bel Air as a four seed, which in itself just it doesn't look right. It doesn't sound right. Right. And in terms of their tradition, their history, their pedigree, taking on a number, the number one seed out of District 15A in El Paso, Burgess. And Burgess, you know, congrats to them. First time making, uh, first time making the the uh, playoffs, and I think they they had said since the eighties, I think, or so, or, or winning a district title, I should say. So, um, and I know, having just come from El Paso, I know where that program was just about three four years ago. So yeah. they've, you know, they're ahead of schedule. So you know, congrats to them. But um, obviously. For another four knocking off a one in um in El Paso Bel Air. And if that if that you know that's one team in you know in out of two five A district two five A Bel Air, if they start to figure things out and they get hot, that could be interesting for everyone else in region one. Yeah, and there and there's some teams that maybe they're the four seed, you know, if they're in in other districts, you know, they could have possibly been a one or a two seed. Just, just you know, there there are some of the four seeds that are are just as good at some of these as these one seeds, and, yeah. and that's what we kind of saw some of those, you know, this past you know this past two days. Right. Uh, even one, like for example, and I know there was a kind of like one of the last teams to get in the playoffs was Dallas Jesuit. They knocked off Arlington yeah. Martin and PKs, yeah. you know, and they had to go to overtime, you know, yeah. and, and PKs a couple of nights before. So that's just how crazy, you know, a four seed can build momentum and not end up knocking off a number one seed. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, and that's the thing. You know, when we were going through our our marathon of bracketology podcast the other night, like we knew, we all knew that it that they were coming. Right, those fours mm-hmm. over number ones. It was just so hard to be able to pinpoint exactly which one you know which ones they were going to be because you know not all districts are the same and we have to account for that in terms of the strength of schedule you know the the degree of difficulty by the district but then also you're trying to you're trying to gauge the form in which a team is in at that moment right like some are some some are maybe ascending some are descending you know there's some are again they're peaking at the right time they're getting hot at the right time you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the girl side in a minute, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's hard, it's hard to pinpoint. And I think oftentimes, you know, 
whether it be parents, whether it just be general adults, the people that cover the game, uh, such as ourselves and others, is we have to understand that these are still, you know, these are still 14 to 18 year old, you know, young adults that are playing a lot of, you know, they feel that pressure. They feel, you know, they take that step to the next step. There's a big difference between season success, district success and postseason, right? The, the second season success. That's why we call it the second season. So it's just, it's a different animal for sure. So, um, all right. Any, any others that you want to hit on coach on, on the boy side? Uh, even for a, um, the one that I was really high on this team because they're on the up was Lavernia. They got knocked off by Beville Jones was, which we were surprised about that because I went to go see Lavernia a few times. And like I said, I went to yeah. see him. They had a very good squad. I know they were young, but still, you know, the way they played is like, well, this, this team's going to go right. deep, you know, and they were, you know, winning, they won their district title. They were, you know, they went through the district pretty well, you know, all no kind of no peaks or valleys. They were just basically going up a peak. And yeah, sometimes it might, you know, it takes one game, you know, to be the bad one. And, you know, usually you want that during the regular season, but not in the playoffs. And I guess the, that must have happened uh, that, that Friday, that Thursday night for them. Yeah. They're in Floresville, so right, right. Now, in their case, what do you think? Kind of, you got to see them. You got to cover them closely. Um, I know you weren't at their match last night, but what do you think? What do you think maybe transpired there a little bit? What are your thoughts on that? Sometimes, you know, it depends on your style of play, and if the other team kind of, and then and maybe you know, you got to give credit to Bill Jones. They may they may have tried to may force Lavernia to play their style of play, which Lavernia may have not been comfortable with, um, and and it ended up being a or the result that Beville Jones ended up getting. So you know, I know with Lavernia they love to touch the ball, you know, a lot of possession. You know, mm -hmm. say that Beville Jones kind of kind of threw them off their game plan and they made them play their style and it just kind of basically not weren't able to get to do what they normally do. And that happens a, a lot of the times, you know, you, you know, you know, when it comes to matchups, you know, you know, you have to kind of put your, your style on the other team. And if the other team affects your style, you know, it's, then those are the results you may see, you're probably going to end up seeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the big surprise is obviously just, I don't know, the ones that I'm really not used to seeing on the boys' side. <clears throat> Excuse me. We talked about, who is it, Hannah and Valley View, right? Mm -hmm. Both falling. That's just, it's just, you know, to see it happening this early. One, to see one of them fall this early is a lot. To see both of them, right, is just pretty uh it, it's not normal it's pretty pretty amazing unfortunate for them obviously congrats on a great season but yeah yeah um anyone else on the boys side coach before we switch um uh one that you know you were kind of high on i remember we we're talking to breck college breck ecology was was poor niches grows yeah and, and yeah. they got knocked off yeah. by texas city which texas city is not really known for soccer and they lost in peak uh, PKs five to four after a zero zero game. Uh, another team that you're also high on was Fredericksburg. They got uh, knocked off by Idea Metopolis two to one. Yeah, yeah. those were really two like those were like really surprises there, you know, because there you have two schools that are not really known for, you know, for soccer, and 
and then turn around getting two big, you know, both teams got big wins right in, in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those, I, I mean, that's kind of one of those where it's again, hard to gauge. Right. But the reality of it is, is did, did the moment was the moment a lot for those teams? Were they, were they descending maybe in terms of momentum after having played sometimes, right? Sometimes that's the, the drawback of when you're battle tested and play in a tough district, a strong district, it, you know, you're, it's almost like you're so depleted by the time you get to the end of season, right? Even though yeah. you're, you're making the, you make the playoffs, but it's sometimes it works that way too. The, you know, in the process of being battle tested, you can also be significantly worn down, you know? So, and that's not any, that's not a, that's not an excuse for anybody. That's just kind of, that's the re one of the many realities that comes into play here that as, as a coach, you have to have that awareness. You have to have that pulse of your team. Um, and then, like I said, sometimes it's, it's management, it's, it's adjustments, it's in-game adjustments, it's halftime adjustments. Um, and then you have, like, we'll talk about it in a minute. The, one of the games that you were at last night, um, on the girls' side, right? We'll talk how that transpires as well. So and middle, right, coach, middle focus, another thing, you know, you know, especially like a team that's dominated a lot, you know, to be down a goal or to be down two goals, you know, how can you know? And those, they're not used to that. You know, how are they mentally right ready to get out of that hole and turn things around? And and in that and that that usually is sometimes the case as well. Is that you know they're not sometimes they're not mentally ready to you know try to get out of that quicksand in in, in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before we transition over to the girls' side, coach, talk to us very briefly. I know you were. Yeah, I was bouncing all over the place last night, but you were you were at one location covering covering two exclusive matches. Just really quick, maybe give us a one minute synopsis of of the boys' match that you were at last night. Yeah, I did a double header at Gus, uh, Gustafson Stadium for there at Northside ISD. I uh, did the boys six eight by district with O'Connor versus Del Rio, and then the nightcap was the Harlan girls versus Del Rio. As far as the boys cap, you know, you know O'Connor was the favorite. You know, but they got down early, but they were able to tie tie the game at the half. They took a lead, but what I noticed significantly, they were making a lot of mental mistakes, especially on the mm -hmm. defensive side, uh, not securing balls, especially you know, bouncing off from the turf. And and like I said, you got to give kudos to Del Rio. They took advantage of those mistakes and put those in the net. And one, the last goal they scored on that second overtime. Uh, miscommunication in the back, ball plopped there in front of a key, uh, the Dora player, and boom, he shot it in between the legs of the keeper and got the win. Um, same thing with the nightcap. Uh, Harlan really dominated that game. Possession-wise, they had uh, at least the ball 90% in that first half. Right. And only Dorio could not really, for the girls, they just couldn't really muster anything going up top. Um, I did see a little tactical change. I think they, they added, a, I did see they went to a 4-3-3. So they started, you know, kind of sending balls up, long balls up, and trying to run around those. And they started getting more chances. Um, Harlan just couldn't get anything going, really. And if they did, they were shanking on the balls or just, you know, balls were getting blocked in. Just one little middle error. It was like I said, on a play, the ball was sent high. Dora player was able to get it. She took, got behind the defender. Defender tried catching up. Uh, ends up taking her out in the box and. Dero gets a PK and end, end up scoring on the PK, and that was that was the difference. You know, Har Harlan really should have won that game just by the possession, by the play they had, but they just couldn't finish. And 
Doriel took advantage of it, of that one little break that they needed and, and sending them to the second round. So, and then there's games like that that happens. Yeah. You, know, you donate and you just make one mistake and it costs you, it costs you the, you know, the, that, that game. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so with that said, let's let's go ahead. Let's look at these bracket busters briefly uh, before we bring on our next guest. Maybe one or two. Um, what stands out to you on the girls' side? Which are you know, again, regardless of region, you know, on the girls' side, what are some of these bracket busters? Before we start looking ahead at the area round, um, which ones really in your you know got your attention? Well, the one that we kind of we thought was they maybe get eliminated. Was was Flower Mound knocking off the number one team for six eight Prosper? Mm-hmm. That was a shocker, and you know, you know, sometimes you can't bet against a, a state runner up or the right. state champs, and so they're not ready to to relinquish that title. And they got a big win over Prosper. They got the one goal and able to hold on. So kudos to them. Like I said, now now that kind of makes them the the favorite there in that region because they took down the big dog and you know, now maybe all those other teams are going to be afraid to play them or real concerned to say, Hey, this team didn't really lose much. They may make a run here. And it takes that, like I said, that one game, big right. game right. to make a run to go to, to Georgetown. Um, yeah. Another one that's real significant that I looked at uh, was, um, was it in Austin, uh, Austin high knocking off Ron Rick Westwood. Mm, yeah the maroons that was mine that was mine of mine of the night last night yeah yeah it was so awesome to see them to obviously unfortunate for westwood of course but so awesome for that to come come to fruition i know we talked about that a little bit on the podcast right but who would have predicted that from west uh you know from westwood after how they ended that that district with vandegrift in that race and then they, and they didn't allow a goal that whole district that hold all right. the those right. district games and they allow one, and that's the that was the difference for eliminating them in the playoffs. So, you know, right. you got to give kudos to Austin High, you know, for not being intimidated. And they, and like I said, I'm sure they took it to them. And they, I'm sure they had a good game plan, and they were able to to get that one goal to, and then kind of weather the storm and and pull out a victory. Yeah, yeah. Shout out for sure to, you know, unfortunate. Congrats on a on a great season, ending significantly earlier than a lot of people thought for obviously for the Westwood Warriors the, out of Austin, but big shout out to uh, Austin High School, to the Maroons for, you know, I th- think in that area, her, their district in that area, really easy for them to get overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So, you know, definitely earning, definitely earned a ton of respect last night and got a lot of people's attention. So shout out to them. Congrats to them. Yeah. So awesome. So, all right. Uh, what, uh, what else we got coach? So we talked about them. What else stands out to you? Anyone else? Um, some other kind of surprises. And, and this one we discussed is that Forney team. We're like, Hey, this Forney team might do some damage and they end up getting yeah. uh, blown out by red Oak for nothing. That, know, that was, that, that, was, yeah. that yeah. was a big surprise there. And, you know, Forney had a great season and, yeah, Red Oak took it to them. Um, yeah, and the other other ones that kind of look around uh, the Poor Niches girls too. <laughs> they, they didn't they didn't deliver. They got knocked off by um, uh, 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 Manville from Alvin. You know mm-hmm. that was that was another surprise there. Four uh, A, you know, uh, Burnett, one of the youngest yep. programs, knocks yep. off Anna Springs. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. Them, congrats to them. I said, I'm sure they're excited to get next round. And, yeah. you know, we we thought, you know, maybe China Street might have had a little more. Um, one another one is a, a Vider defeating Hargrave. Right. Yeah. Vider's not known for soccer for their, especially on the girls' side. And they, they had a big win. And then, then the one that like I mentioned we saw early in the, on Thursday morning, the one that kicked off everything was, was Burgess knocking off Del Valle. Wow. Yeah. I know that one. That one got me for sure. That one got me for sure. I think the the other interesting thing, you kind of on the on both sides a little bit, but on the girls' side, it was interesting because it was kind of it was teams teams from that were upset last year, right? They were kind of being watched closely. Powers, if it if they would have if it would happen again, right? So such as you know, big shout out to Flower Mound because the reality of it is is that's again. Just like we talked about on the boys' side with Bel Air, that's not your prototypical four seed, right? And yeah. the defending state champion, and you know they did it to they did it to Prosper again. You know they did it to him once again, uh, except a round earlier this time. So, um, so big shout out to them. You know, congrats on a you know on a great season. Also ending much earlier than expected for Prosper as well. Um, but then also you look locally right here in the San Antonio area. You look at. Some of the teams we were looking at, uh, particularly, you know, like Smithson Valley, right? The Smithson Valley girls is like, were they going to, you know, go uh, undefeated and then lose, you know, were they going to be upset in the by-district round or not? You know, that's what some people were looking at, right? So, um, and kudos to them. They got they got the job done yesterday uh, against a tough, tough Madison squad. Um, so congrats, congrats to the Rangers and congrats to, you know, Madison on a great season, San Antonio, Madison. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, a lot of great stuff uh, on the girls' side. Uh, anyone else, Coach, before we go ahead and bring in our next guest? Yeah, the one that here in our region, Region 4, uh, Davenport, mm-hmm. off of Georgetown Gateway, who had – Gateway had over 20 wins. You know, that really impressive record, and 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 Davenport ended up winning that game three to nothing. And, and then and that goes back to – what district you play in as well. You know, that, that district where Davenport has Wimberley, has Bernie, Canyon Lake, it's it's in Fredericksburg, it's it's a very tough, brutal district. You know, like but those those type of districts prepare for these type of games. And right. I guess Georgetown wasn't, you know, Gateway wasn't prepared and you know Davenport wasn't intimidated and took and took care of business. Yeah. Yeah. Big shout out to uh to Davenport, uh, Davenport Wolves, and getting their first their first ever playoff victory again. That this is this is a program that is in year two of existence. So um, pretty pretty phenomenal stuff. Big congratulations to Davenport as well. So, all right, let's go ahead and bring in uh, our next guest. He is Coach Michael Strong. He is uh, he is definitely no stranger to this uh, to this show. We've had him on here uh, a time or two, and uh, he is the head. Head boy soccer coach, head men's soccer coach of the defending state champion, Bernie Greyhounds. Coach, how are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you guys for having me back. Absolutely. You know, you know, you're you're welcomed here anytime. You got the uh you got the VIP, the VIP. We can put you up in the VIP suite there. So I appreciate that. I'll take you up on it. <laughs> all right. So all right, coach. So uh talk to us a little bit briefly. Thank you for joining us, but tell us a little bit. Um coming off of your by district round obviously they're you know gigantic target on your back right defending state champion everyone's gunning for you you're the champion until you're either 
you know, standing as the last person to win on the last game of the season and repeating or until you're knocked out one or the other. Right. So you, you kicked off your campaign, you know, your your second season campaign last night. Uh, tell us about uh, tell us about your match, your by district round match. Yeah. Uh, Austin Achieve is a uh, not a traditional four seed. You know, we talk about uh, districts and the parity between different districts. And I tell you what, that Austin district is absolutely stacked. I mean, if it weren't for the last minute, 30 seconds of their game against Taylor, we're playing Taylor first round instead of Austin yeah. Chief. I mean, that's how that's how tight that district was. Um, they had wins over Giddings, over Salado. They tied mm-hmm. Eastside Memorial twice. Here's the number one seed in uh, in that district. So that was not a, a, a four seed at all. And they didn't play like a four seed. Right. Um, it was 1-0 at halftime. We missed some chances. They had a chance. They had, they, I mean, they had – they had the best chance that we've had against us all year. And mm-hmm. uh, we were able to weather the storm in the second half. We calmed down and uh, we put three in and, you know, first 10 minutes of the second half and kind of blew it open. But it was uh, it was a competitive game and that Austin achieved team well coached. And, um, you know, they really got after it. They competed hard. They had great players. Um, it, it was a fun game. And it, it was a really great game to be a part of. Um, since we had wrapped up district so early, um, you know, we really hadn't had a meaningful, obviously you always want to win. You always have pride in winning, but there was nothing on the line for the past week and a half or I'm sorry, past two and a half, three weeks. So, so having something on the line, um, really felt good. And I think the boys really responded well in the second half. Yeah. Rafael, you got anything for coach? Yeah. Uh, coach, uh, what, what type of game plan did you have going into this game? Like as far as talking with the boys, you know, what were you really want to focus on going to the playoff game? You competing, go compete. Win every first ball, every second ball. Uh, no ball can bounce. You got to press. No entry passes. Don't let them touch the ball. And uh, that's something we preach here, at Bernie. You know, every single day, every single game. And um, the field was. We weren't ready for it. I didn't realize that Marble Falls was only a yard wider on each side than the football sideline. <laughs> That that, uh, that was that was a fun surprise when we got there. Yeah. And uh, Austin achieved their field is exactly the same. So um, that that kind of you know that knocked us off our game. And um, I thought we made good adjustments the second half though when we decided, hey, we're not going to be able to play down the middle. We're not going to be able to play the the beautiful game. Let's play direct. Let's play diagonal balls. We'll get in behind the defense. We'll cause some problem there. And um, I, I, again, I think it. We found our way into the game, but our initial game plan was not a good one. (laughs) Yeah, that's on me as the coach. And uh, it did not work out well with that narrow field, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel, Coach, going into – so going into yesterday, right? Obviously, your boys at this point, they're they're seasoned veterans. They have that one massive year last year under their belt. But with nothing nothing on the line for the last two weeks – and then you finally, and then boom, it's like back to like zero to a hundred yesterday. How did you, um, how did you prepare for that? Knowing that there was going to be, you know, there was going to have to be that transition, that switch. Yeah. Um, obviously it starts with me scouting and going over to Austin and, and seeing all these great teams play and, and then relaying that message to the guys and making sure they understand, um, you know, who the dangerous players are and, for me, I think it gives it gives me. I know I don't know about the guys, but it gives me a sense of, um, you know, it, it calms me down knowing that at least we know who they've got, what they can do, and um, and I can relay that to the guys. Um, but kind of to your point, I mean, it was frenetic, you know, and and, and you know, my my assistant coach, Coach Hogan, 
um, best assistant coach in the state, by the way. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's reading a book and, and something that came across was focus and focus is not thinking about the past, you know, yesterday, not thinking about tomorrow, but living in the moment. And, uh, and that's something that we're really trying to work on and, and is being focused because yeah, you know, you, you always hear, you know, Hey guys, gotta be focused, gotta be focused. But if you ask someone to define what is focus, what's the definition of focus? Right. You know, so I, I think that was really, really good on, on Coach Hogan's part to, to, to bring that to the guys. And, um, and again, I think it's I think it's helping calm the guys down. And, you know, like you guys talked about on the podcast the other day, the pressure's off us. We we won state last year. You know, outside of three guys on the team right now, the rest of the guys all won state. We already got that ring. So we can go play with, you know, with with reckless abandon and without pressure because the hard part's winning state. You know, so now we can go out there and just play our game and, and calm down and Go have some fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that mindset, Coach. I think, you know, some teams would respond to that a little differently. They would maybe feel the pressure of an immediate repeat, right? Or or they're getting asked that all year. So I think that's, again, kudos to you, kudos to that staff, because that's what that's what makes uh, that's what makes Bernie Bernie, right? That's what makes the Greyhounds the Greyhounds in terms of just mentality. So I love that mindset. That's awesome. So um, big takeaways besides besides the size of the field, Coach. Big takeaways from uh, from last night that you feel will help propel you forward and get you ready for the next round. I'm a big message guy, you know, and and you know we we got the target on our back and we embrace it. You know, it's on the front, it's on the back, it's on our forehead. And uh, my message to the guys was, let's go, let's go send a statement to the region. You know, again, this team has beaten two teams who are going to the second round in region three. They tied the first place team in Eastside Memorial twice. They're a minute 30 from getting second place in their, in their district. Um, so my message to the guys was, let's go send a message to the region then and let them know um, that the Bernie Greyhounds are still the team to beat. And I think the boys responded, well, I've got, I've got the best guys in the, in the, in the state, um, second to none. No and they responded well. And um, yeah, again, I think the, the results showed that last night against a very good, very good Austin Achieve team. So um, that's, you know, that was kind of my message is let's go send a message. Right. Man, you got me hooked up, coach. I'm ready. I still got some eligibility if you want. want to, I can Come on, hey, you, let's go. Come on to Brent. Yeah. I got a purple shirt for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so talk to us. So now looking forward, right? The area around, you've got the Ple uh, Pleasanton Eagles, correct? Right. Yes, sir. Got so we know you have them Tuesday, but talk to us a little bit about the details and what's going on there. Yeah, we got Pleasanton. Um, it's going to be Tuesday at seven o'clock. It'll either be at Bernie High School, which would be amazing to have a, a home playoff game, or it'll be at Pleasanton High School, uh, which is fortunately it's not too far away. Uh, obviously, our district, we travel about anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, so it, it'll feel like a district game. Um, but I tell you what, the, the, that Pleasanton team. Um, pretty defensive minded, finished second in the Lavernia district, play with a deep sweeper. Um, of course, this is all tournament film I'm looking at. I gotta, right. I gotta hopefully find some newer film there. But, um, from what I've seen so far, pretty defensive minded. They beat a, a Gonzalez team that I think is very good. You know, that Gonzalez team beat Rockport Fulton last game of district. That's the first place team out of that district again. So, um, not a lot of, you know, separation from first through fourth. And uh, so that Gonzalez team is a very good team that I think Pleasanton handled. Um, and so, and again, that Gonzalez team gave us fits last year. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to playing Pleasanton and, um, and obviously getting, you know, another, another good test for the boys. Rafa. Yeah. The going, going into, like I said, the Pleasanton game, 
what are some of the things that you kind of want to focus on as far as improving on from the last game, from the first game to this game? We've got to start better. Um, again, I, I think our uh, the first half, and it's always easy to say, you know, oh, we didn't play that well, but you know, because there's only one zero. But in hindsight, it's not totally fair. But we need to finish our chances um, and and put the game away earlier. Um, you let you let teams hang around one zero at halftime, and anything can happen. You know, I, I mean, it could have been a, a three four one game if we're being fair, um, which. At that point, the game's a lot different, and it plays out a lot differently. So, you know, my focus for the boys and my message to them is: we need to come out, and we need to to get after them from from the from the very first whistle, and um, and we need to make sure that you know they understand that um, they're going to be playing our game, um, and they got to you know account for us on, on on both ends. Yeah. So, coach. So, talk to us briefly. So, you mentioned this uh, coin flip is going to happen on Monday. So, is this going to be like? Friday night light style. They're broadcasting it there in Bernie. What's going on? What's the particulars on that? When is it? When will we know the details on that? Yeah, we got all the TV uh, crews coming from Pleasanton, from Bernie, San Antonio. I think no. Uh, I heard the I heard the fifty fifty podcast gonna be, is going to uh, be in the house, right? It's, it's exclusive to you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we own the we own the TV rights for that. <laughs> no, honestly, um, I've only flipped once. I'm still kind of new to all this. Um, last year, my uh, my athletic, my assistant athletic director Terry Galt flipped against Gonzalez to play Thursday or Friday, and uh, we lost. And that's the only flip I've ever done. I wasn't even there for it, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how it works. I know it's going to happen Monday. I'm, our ads are kind of leading the charge on that one. I'm just long for the ride. So there's this. Any there's, lucky this coins? there's this theory. Go ahead, Ruff. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, is there any lucky coins? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm, let me go find one. You got one. <laughs> Well, is, there, is there a reason why you guys play flipping home and home? Maybe not on like a neutral site like here in San Antonio. Is, is there maybe? You know, um, my boys wanted. To, you know, I asked them. The, the 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 pleasant coach reached out to me. He said, "Hey, you want to flip home and home?" And um, my mindset's always that you know I, I think we're a very talented team. So why give any team any sort of advantage? Um, but I asked my seniors and I asked the captains. and said, hey, "What do you guys want to do?" They said, "Coach, let's flip home and home. Let's do it." You know, <laughs> how, how great would it be to have a home game at? Uh, uh, you know, for our senior year. So I said, okay, let's do it then. So, you know, I'm, I, I listen to the boys. I, I like to get their input and get their pulse and it's what they want. It's not my team, it's their team. So let's yeah. go do it. Yeah. So let me know, coach. I got a, a couple of double headed coins here. So if you want one, that's got your name on it. So I hey, appreciate uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, now there is this theory though. I was going to, I was mentioning this is there's this theory that um, I think it's, I don't know. It's still unofficial. I don't know. There has been some studies done on it. And I think it's like a 52 to 48, 51, 49, where uh, you call tails, uh, advantage tails, because the quote unquote, the head side of the coin weighs more. Right. So I don't know if you ever heard that before. This is something I just heard a couple of months ago, like maybe month and a half ago or so. And I was like, hmm. I guess I could kind of be talked into that, right? A little bit, you know. I'm a, physics I'm, a little I'm a little upset you didn't text this to me. You just said it live on air, so there goes that game plan. Everyone's gonna be picking tails against us well, now. Thanks. Hey, well, just win. Who calls it? You know, just win, win. You know, win that part. Just demand right? that we call it. Right there, you go. Yeah, there you go. What do you to call it? Or are you flipping for that first? <laughs> <laughs> flipping for the flip for the flip. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. He is uh, Coach Michael Strong. The Head men's soccer coach of the defending state, the 4A defending state champion, Bernie Greyhounds. Um, coach, what are your thoughts uh, 
on Pleasanton, obviously not revealing your game plan, but just, you know, just general thoughts. They're re very respected program. Um, but what are your, what are your thoughts as you get ready for them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the record speaks for itself in that district. Again, I, I know Rafa Lavernia, mm -hmm. uh, kind of yeah. shocked us all, yeah, we um, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the newspaper I knew, I knew he was going to get that in there. I knew he was yeah. going to get that in there. My newspaper asked me, you know, who are teams to look out for? And I, you know, Lavernia was on my list. You can look at a Bernie star, Kerry Barbosa, best, best media guy in the world. Um, but, uh, he, he, you know, I, I, I said, Lavernia, you know, I, I've seen their program. I've seen them grow. And um, so this Pleasanton team, though, they tied Lavernia. Um, I think they're they're very strong. Again, I think the record speaks for itself. Again, they, they seem to be a little more defensive minded. Um, they play with a real deep sweeper. Um, so they're not going to give up a lot of, of space in behind. You got to find the corners. Um, but I think they're, they're, there's more space on the field than to exploit if, if they're going to play like that. So I, I think that's what I love about my team is, it doesn't matter how you, we can react to how you defend us. If you want to jam pack the middle, fine. We'll play the channels. We'll get to the end line. We'll serve balls. If you want to spread out, fine. We'll go down the middle. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll slice you up there. And I think that's the, the ultimate compliment I can give to my boys is that they can play however you defend us. And they're going to take advantage of, of the of the weaknesses that are on the field because you can't defend it all. There's no possible way to defend everything. So wherever that space is, my boys will find. And, uh, and I think that's why I have, I have the confidence in them to, to go do something special again. Right, right. Well, Coach, um, we wish you the absolute best, uh, not just be, hopefully beyond just Tuesday, right? But knock yes, on wood, right? Got to take care of the, uh, the, the opponent in front of you first, right? But, uh, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate you being, uh, being on the podcast, before, uh, again, joining us briefly, and uh, look forward to uh, covering you. And we look, actually, we look forward to first getting the details from, uh, yeah. from the coin flip, and then we'll go from there. I'll let you guys know. I appreciate it, guys. Right, awesome. Thanks again, Coach. Uh, good Thank luck, you. and have a good day. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Take care. Bye. All right. What'd you think? I think I think they're like I said, you know, like I met, coach mentioned about having that target on the back, but to have a really relaxed team and just yeah. go out there, hey, go out there, have fun, and do what you need to do. Uh, that's pro that's the best mentality to go into these playoffs, right. you know. And and really, the pressure also is also on the on the opponents, you know, because they have to beat you, you know, you know, you're the champ, you know. You know, you have those advantages, kind of the psyche going in. So, yeah. and I, I think they'll take care of business on 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 Tuesday, whether it's at Pleasanton or Bernie. I, I think they'll advance, and and they're in that third that original quarterfinal game could be with that Eastside Memorial team that he mentioned, and that's going to mm -hmm. be a really good game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing you mentioned in terms of just the great thing about them and how Coach Strong has them prepared is just it's it's you know it's mentality, right? They embrace. You know, hey, we're we're defending state champions, and they're not. You know, they're. It's not over. It's not an overconfident piece. It's not a cocky piece or an arrogant piece. It's just they're. They just embrace it, right? They embrace it, and they say it's like, hey, the pressure is actually off of us. We're just here. We're just here to play. You know, so um, so that's a such a great mentality as well. So we appreciate having him on, and we wish uh, wish him him. We wish his boys luck on uh, Tuesday, wherever that game is. So, all right, coach. So we start to transition here. Let's look at, uh, you know, we got, so we looked at our bracket busters from across both, uh, both genders, right. Uh, across all classifications. Now <clears throat> let's look 
look forward area round initially before we dive into any thoughts as far as some maybe key matchups what are your mm-hmm. what are your thoughts there um like i said some of these teams like i said it's like kind of coach round you just got to go play those games and see see what happens and um like i said some of these teams that you know weren't favored you know some end up pull, pulling off you know like you mentioned about Lavernia getting knocked off you know they were one of the strong teams and to get knocked out by Beville says something. And also the team they played, the Austin Achieve team, really nobody really knew about them, you know, as far as they're not much, as far as so- like a soccer tradition. And to give them a, a, like a, a, a little challenge in that in that first half, you know, and for, and for them to make the adjustments uh, to that game, just says something about, you know, this this playoff said you have to be prepared for for anything. You know, regardless of what district they're playing, you you still got to play the game. Right, right, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, all right, coach. So, lay it on us. Give us uh, maybe. Let's start over on the girls' side this time. Just top matchups in the area round. Maybe give, giving us, you know, maybe three or four or five, whatever you got um, that you're really kind of looking forward to. And then maybe we'll also discuss some possibilities as far as coverage because i know i've been getting asked that a lot today already as to where we might be for the area round or beyond so let's uh well maybe briefly look at that afterwards but give us some top area matchups well one of them is going to be a rematch from a regular season game here in region four is going to be Spinson valley versus austin westlake and that and that's going to be at bob i think bob shelton field i think also the boys are playing but we'll get into that later but you know, that's going to be a very good game. Can, you know, Spencer Valley knock them off again, you know, and I'm sure Westlake's going to be going, going for trying to get revenge for that regular season loss. And this is, I could see this game going into overtime, maybe possibly even penalty kicks. So that's, that's one of the premier matchups there for, you know, for region four, um, you know, girls. Uh, another one that also kind of caught my eye, I'm just kind of kind of skimming through here uh, these brackets. Uh, let's see another one. Um, let's see, trying to get through here. Hold on one second. Uh, another one. The season was that Clark Austin game, Austin High game, mm-hmm. and also yeah, Clark Austin Highs in one. Uh, another rematch is the Reagan Girls versus Vandegrift. Right. That game last year, Vandergrave basically tore. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Remember that. Reagan. It was like it was where Vandergrift kind of found themselves, right? Yeah. Like it all kind of came together there on that run to the uh, state championship game. Yeah, yeah. And then, so, and then, like I, I said, yeah. they took a big run there and ended up getting to that. And you know, I know that they have some changes this year, you know, with coachings, and I'm sure whether it was with graduation, but that's that's one, you know. Well, what, you know, one game that's going to be interesting. Another one out on region for 5A region one is going to be uh, Amarillo High and kind of Theo, you know, yeah. kind of girls, you know, big win first, first round. Can they kick the, kick the door down, knock off this, Am- this Amarillo High team that's been a perennial power in the, in the Plains. So that's going to be a key game there for, for 5A region one for the girls. Um, other ones, for example, um, Longview girls versus Midlothian. That's going to be a great game for they're in Region Two. Region uh, Two, yeah. So, so you're starting to see some rules stack games coming up. Um, 
You know, we also have, uh, let's see, for, I'm just kind of scrolling by here. Uh, interesting matchup here to be a great, uh, the Grapevine Girls versus the Mansfield, um, uh, this is it, Timberview. Mm-hmm. You know, Mansfield's been, like I said, they're, you know, they won some big games, you know, like so they won some big games, and this is going to be a big test for, for the for Grapevine, for the Grapevine Girls. So they can't take them lightly. Um, yeah, as far as, great, uh, grapevine, grapevine is looking very scary right now. I can tell you that they're very scary. Yeah, yeah. and they can't look past this game because it's gonna, you know, you know they they, they still have a big test coming up. Right. Uh, another one that's like an interesting matchup would be uh, Burke Burnett versus Melothian. Burke Burnett's got a good program. They can say even though they finished second, but they could surprise Melothian. Um, San Eli, the girls against Brownwood. Yeah, that, yeah. That, and you know a lot of the tension goes to the boys team, but the, the girls can knock out Brownwood. They can make a statement and say, "Hey, we're we're also you know we're a team to be reckoned with as well too." Right. Yeah, and that's been that's been you know we talked about it last Wednesday, right? In uh, in our bracketology podcast, but that's where that's where that program is. Is they've. They've clearly arrived. They've had some success. They're trying to break through that. Uh, they're trying to break through the regional quarterfinal round. It's like, can they take that next big step? And and rightfully so. It's not that they're overshadowed by the success of the boys program because the reality of it is, is if you know anything about the San Elisario community, is that's just that's that's an that that is an athletic department that just. Bills, you know, they just it's champions breeding champions where they're just they're successful in everything they do, you know. So uh we're really looking forward to hopefully being able to cover them and really they would really be a kind of a kind of a charm, I guess, to to it it'd be it would be a great thing to see them break through, uh break through and experience that next level of success because they've been putting in the work and you know. You can always argue everyone kind of deserves it because there are no bad teams at this point, right? But you know, it's things still gotta break your way as well, in, in addition to putting in the hard work. So all right. Yeah, and there's one that you mentioned at the bracketology that caught your eye for four A girls, and it's here in our backyard, is Ovalde versus Burning Girls. Yeah. yeah. The, the area yeah. game. That's gonna be a very interesting game because I'm burning, you know, we all you know we it's one of the favorites in the region, even though they didn't win the district. Right. They they, they struggled this year, and and you have here a red hot Uvalde team that beat a really tough Gonzalez team in the first round. You know, can Uvalde knock off a, a state power and, and go on to the next round and really make? And if they do knock them off, is this, could they be the Cat Allen from last year? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's what that, yeah. When they knocked off Bernie, they knocked the door and they end up going to the state championship. Right. Yeah. And this is, could this be, you know, I'm not saying that it is, but could it be, or it has the potential to be, if it plays out that way, could it be a, uh, a changing of the guard, right? Where Bernie's, Bernie has that pedigree. Bernie's been there, but uh, Uvalde, Uvalde wants that. Uvalde has very strong team. They have, you know, they have a couple of finishers that, you know, that the, that type of setup can get you far in this tournament, right? Because that, that's really what it is, is which teams are capable. Any team is capable of being upset on any given, right, any given night. But which teams are capable of, on their best days, of putting a string of six, seven wins together, right? So, so yeah, 
very uh very excited to see that matchup as well uh nothing like being able to watch some of these 4a matchups it's they're some of the absolute best you know yeah. so um all right uh any any others on the girl side coach before we yeah. oh i did have i did have one thing as well you hit on it earlier but the you know the clark the san antonio clark girls getting ready to face the you know austin maroons which we just mentioned a little while ago is i would not i would not want to face that austin maroon squad right now uh because clark's gonna definitely have to you know we obviously we fully expect them to come ready to go ready to play uh but if if it's a slow start and you got a you got an austin high team here that's coming in on on cloud nine high high level of confidence you know it it could be a long night you know so so very excited very um i'm really looking forward to seeing how that one plays out as well yeah, another one I have is up 35, uh, I-35, uh, uh, Salero Girls versus Giddings Girls. You got mm -hmm. two quality – pro. Uh, one that's been the solidified great program for 4A uh, against a, uh, an upstart in Giddings. That's yeah. been – it wasn't – like I said, it wasn't my power rankings. And this is going to be – can Giddings, you know, kind of the same thing with Guvalde. Can they take that step to knock off a, a, a team that has a, that tradition – to go on and make a run into, you know, to the regionals and on to the state. And so that's going to be a great game. Uh, I did get also info for that Uvalde Bernie game. They are going to play at Medina Valley on, 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 um, I'm trying to get the prime. Uh, you said that's the Uvalde Bernie you said? Yeah. Uvalde Bernie is going to play at, yeah, at 7 PM at Medina Valley high school. Okay. So, Maybe I have to make a little trip, Wes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. All right, awesome. So yeah, no, it's good to know. Um, so what about so let's transition over to the boys' side, coach. Maybe four or five matchups top that you kind of deem as top area round matchups across the state. Well, one of here's an intriguing game is going to be Hurst Bell, who got by South Lake Carroll against El Paso Socorro. That's gonna be like I said to me. That's a very interesting, uh, uh, interesting game there. So Coral coming off uh, what they, uh, what Felix told us, you know, getting barely getting to the playoffs, um, and then they get a big win over the uh, uh, really good friendship team, right? Um, you know, and can those are, those are sometimes the scariest teams, right? Because they like it's kind of like they're already kind of coming they're they're peaking at the right time they're coming in hot and then all of a sudden they get a little bit more taste of just that you know that playoff success a new shot in the arm of, of confidence and then it's just kind of like they're playing loose right they're kind of house money if you will like hey nobody really expected us to be here let's let's go out there and shock the world that's that's how these things kind of happen that's how these cinderella stories kind of manifest themselves yeah, so that I think that a game, you know, if you know, Hurstbell had a really tough first round opponent, you know, really tough opponent with like a state, like I said, a state ranked South Lake Carroll team, you know, how much was that taken out of them? And like I said, and can Socorro catch them, you know, for the from that emotional game, you know, going into, you know, into this one. Uh, another game you're interested in here is actually the state runner-up, uh, Rockwell Heath, who were able to advance against a, a against a Waxahachie team that knocked off um, Temple. 
in the playoffs. And Tampa was the, one of the favorite, like I said, a uh, favorite to go maybe one and then a two, three deep. Walks a hatch and knocks them off. And can they pull another uh, rabbit out of the hat and knock off the, the state runner-up? Right. And the runner-up's been vulnerable this year too. You know, they've had some losses and, you know, if, if Waxahachie knocks them off, that that's a really big constant, uh, confidence booster for them going in, going to the next to the next round. So that's that's one of the highlights from those and some other ones we got kind of kind of breezing through um, here in our backyard, Southwest. Uh, uh, no, that's for sorry about that. That's uh, let me see here. Yeah, Southwest versus Georgetown. That's going to be yeah. a really that's that that's I think it's a repeat of last year's game that did go to penalty kicks, and this game's going to be in Georgetown, so they're going to have to travel over there. You know, this is Southwest's birth, I guess their first big test since you know going to the Valley for that tournament that they did, in which they did have a loss with Brownsville Venice Memorial. Right. Uh, can Southwest? Going to a hostile environment, knock off Georgetown on, on in this game, and so we're gonna find out. You know, for all all of the what they've done, can they? You know, can they do it? You know, here you know, on Tuesday and other ones I'm seeing here. Um, uh, probably a good one. It'll be College uh, College Davis versus Pflugerville, two teams that were not favored. <laughs> right. Yeah. And here they are. Here they are in the next round. Yeah. Yeah. They're facing each other. And, you know, like I said, whoever wins on that game is it's going to, you know, big confidence booster moving on. Um, other games that looking at, kind of looking through here, you know, through the Valley, uh, Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial versus Brownsville Veterans Memorial, the Battle of the Memorials. I know. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be a good game, too. Um, and then also looking, just kind of looking at 4A, besides, like I said, that Bernie Pleasanton game, um, there are some good matchups. Uh, for example, that uh, Brookshire Royal versus China Springs. That's I think that's going to be a great game, you know, for, for Region 3. Um, Jasper with a big upset over a state-ranked Splendora going to play Scarborough. You know, is Scarborough going to take him lightly? And then I'm sure they're not going to after after that you know that first round game. Um, here's another one. Uh, uh, now for the boy for the boy size, Salado versus Giddings. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another good good matchup for there for region you know for right. region uh, for region two and then the region one. Kind of look, looking seeing here. Um, uh, El Paso Riverside versus Snyder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Snyder's an interesting one. You know, year two program, right? What? Yeah, how does that go? You know, and in Riverside, there's less by you know naturally there's less pressure on them this year because a lot of people felt like last year was maybe their big breakthrough year, and they get you know they get upset early, and then they graduate a lot of graduated a lot of players, and now here they are they find themselves again in the area round, right? So against a a very young, very talented you know, very, very confident, um, very confident Snyder team that all of a sudden, you know, in they have, you can argue that they have more playoff experience, playoff, you know, success experience than a lot of, you know, a lot of other programs that have been around longer and they're only in year two. Right. So yeah, that, 
that has the makings of an interesting match, very interesting matchup as well. Yeah, and then another one that it's kind of got a world dear to our hearts: Argyle versus Diamond Hill Jarvis. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be good. Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. You know, can you know Diamond Hill made it to the final against Bernie? This here's gonna be our, their first true test. It, you know, can they knock off Argyle? You know, and I know we we. I know I picked Argo, that thing to move on because I think maybe Argo might have a little bit more, you know, compared to what Diamond Hill had last year. Um, but if Diamond Hill can win this one, this sets up a possible showdown with another power, would it be Midlothian Heritage? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're going to have to run the gauntlet to knock off some quality teams to get right. back, to, back to Georgetown. So, you know, and if you can knock off those pretty much them and maybe even Snyder and all that, you know, now you would turn yourself into becoming the, one of the favorites to win the 4A title. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome. Well, hey, this has been good. Uh, good stuff, Coach. What uh, thoughts uh, looking forward, looking to Tuesday night as possible, right? We just maybe can give some teasers here, some possible sites uh, as far as coverage. I know I still got to look at that as well. So we might be together. We might be different locations. We don't know yet. Uh but uh, what are some what are some thoughts as some possible possible games to cover in the uh, in the area here uh, for Tuesday uh, for Tuesday? As far as I know, I don't see I don't see I haven't heard of anyone, but and I don't see anybody playing on Monday. But we never know. Uh, but what are, what are your thoughts as far as this area round for coverage? Yeah, for me, I'm really now interested in that Ovalde Bernie girls game in at Medina Valley. So I might head out to that game. Um, I'm still waiting to see kind of what the schedule. And that is when that is Tuesday, Tuesday, PM. seven p.m. at Medina, right? At Medina Valley, I should say, high school. Uh, okay. A lot of those games are going to be because they're playing a lot of the Austin teams. They're playing halfway, or they're playing in the, or in Corpus. Um, I'm still kind of waiting to see what you know what's going to be out there for you know that's available here in town. But I know that's one kind of locally. I think there's another one. Uh, Another probably good game is going to be Bernie Champion Girls versus the Jefferson Girls, and that's going to be at Stadium. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a good matchup there. That one's at seven thirty p.m. And that's uh, that is where a uh, little teaser here where the fifty fifty podcast might end up on on uh, Tuesday night because that's I think that is a very intriguing matchup for a number of reasons. You know, I I know you know Coach Carol Walters is going to have. She's going to have her, her Bernie champion squad ready to go. I think they're starting to uh, really find themselves at the right time. You know, they play in that brutal district that includes the defending state champion, you know, the Dripping Springs Tigers. And then you got a Jefferson squad there that, you know, they, they won, they won the district title on the last, you know, last day of the season. Case too. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they're very confident, a very fun squad to play. And it's the same thing. It's like, if you don't, if you don't come with the right mindset that day or you come, you know, just don't bring your A game or start slow, you know, they can make life very difficult for you. So I think that's going to be a very, very intriguing matchup. And then out of, out of that game, whoever wins that game, there's another intriguing game and the, the, um, the, for the, the winner of the other game, the face the one that they're going to face. And that's going to be the Southwest girls versus the Liberty Hill girls. Right. Yep. So yeah. you could have you know, any of those combination of the four teams is going to be a really good regional quarterfinal game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could we see a Liberty Hill versus Bernie champion? I mean, even Alamo Heights did take a Liberty Hill to the limit on PKs, you know. Right. 
Uh, maybe we see a Liberty Hill burning champion. That that'd be an excellent game. Yeah, yeah. And and how does Southwest, you know, how does Southwest adjust to what will be at this point? There's you know their strongest you know competition they've seen all year. You know they've they've blown right past their district. They have a quality finisher that can take them deep into the playoffs. Um, so how do they, you know, are they ready to take that next, that next big step? Cause, cause that Liberty Hill squad, obviously, yeah, they, it's part of it is surviving advance, right? Elmo Heights. That's a, that was, that's a good Elmo Heights squad that was also trending in the right direction and gave Liberty Hill everything, you know, everything they could ask for. So I, I feel Liberty Hill is going to definitely be ready to go. So how does Southwest, you know, can Southwest, you know, come in, um, start, start fast and make it, you know, make maybe make it difficult for for Liberty Hill. Um, that'll be interesting to see. How do they adjust to just the pressure? Because Liberty Hill's been there before. They're used. You know, they have. We talked about that pedigree, right? And just having that experience, um, and just in the name, right? The name. So I think uh, again, also the makings of what should be a very very good uh, area round matchup. Yeah, and that game will be Tuesday night. At 7 p.m. at Lockhart. So you like some good barbecue before the game. There you <laughs> go. You should have just stayed there, man. You should have yeah. just stayed there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, Coach, this has been great. This has been awesome. Loved uh, loved having you uh, having you on. Again, this is episode three of Inside Texas, Texas High School Soccer, where we looked at all the bi-district chaos and area round matchups, key matchups, some places where we might be. We highlighted the uh, kind of the surprises, the uh, the Cinderellas, the bracket busters. We prefer to call them bracket busters instead of the Cinderellas here. But now, if they go past the uh, the area around, then they become Cinderella, right? So, uh, so so great to see so many awesome just matches take place across the state, across all regions. Um, but also, you know, to 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 the teams that were whose seasons ended this week, right, Thursday or Friday. Um, congrats on great seasons, coaches, um, coaches, players, seniors. I know, um, I know obviously you, you've given your best and, uh, and you've left your programs in better places. So congrats on great seasons to all, all, all of these programs across the state whose, uh, whose seasons ended, uh, this past week and congrats to all, all the teams, all the programs across all classifications whose seasons continue. Right. So Again, uh, Coach, run us through briefly just the schedule layout for the up the upcoming week leading into next week. Yeah, for well, for Wednesday, I think we're gonna do a recap. There's San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We're gonna do a little recap. Us, us soccer purists, we're gonna look at the uh, uh, at the brackets and see who, who who made the grade, who didn't make the grade, as far as going to the next round, and and then also looking forward to see who, you know some what intriguing. Um, Matchups we're going to see in those regional quarterfinals, yeah. and then who made me thinking, hey, who's going to end up at those regional the following weekend? Because they do have a little break after after Friday Saturday, so you know who may have the advantage of getting that little break before the regional tournaments, and and see maybe we have to readjust a little bit of who our favorites going into, you know, going into um, next week as far as making the regional tournament. Yeah. Excuse me. And yeah, and that's really how you have to look at it, right? For if I'm a coach at any of these programs, you just have to take this. Obviously, you take it one game at a time, the opponent that you have in front of you first, but you're really looking this, you're looking at this as a as a one-week tournament, right? Tuesday, every round. And if you can take care of business, um, 
then playing Friday or most likely Saturday, right? Where the regional quarterfinals, the window for the regional quarterfinal is this, this coming Friday or Saturday. And then you won't see the regional tournament, which would consist of the semifinal and the final until next week, the end of next week, which would be next Friday, Saturday at, and those are all already set at predetermined locations again. So the, uh, again, the regional semifinal and the regional final, which consists of the, which makes up the regional tournament. Those are at predetermined locations across all regions, across all classifications, which you can find on uh, the UIL website. So awesome. Well, coach, any, any final thoughts? I'm just looking forward to this week's playoffs, the area playoffs. Like I said, we have some intriguing matchups, uh, especially here in San Antonio for us, like here at the round we're recovering. Um, you know, hopefully we, we have some representatives from San Antonio to keep on. I know Austin's been, you know, Austin got a good, got us good last year. Um, hopefully, like I said, especially on the growth side, hopefully the girls, some of the San Antonio area, you know, move on beyond the second round and get mm -hmm. to the third. And hopefully we have some representatives in the, in the regional tournament. Yeah. I think that's, that's the big question as far as, as far as San Antonio goes, right. Is, uh, is the girls side is, can a girls team break through, right? Can they break through into that regional final and challenge for a, you know, a state tournament berth? Um, I think that's that's the big one here. That's really the big question. Not as much on the boys' side, only because you know, you know, Lee just accomplished that last year at the six A level. But now you have, you know, you've kind of have a changing of the guard there with Reagan. You know, with the Reagan boys, same district, of course, twenty eight six A, because that's a, you know, just a behemoth of a district. But now all I switch to 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 Reagan on the boys' side is can Harlan they too. make? Yeah, and Harlan, yeah, and then you got Harlan out there. That's what I was going to get at. So, and are they on a, on, are they on a collision course, right? In that regional final, because obviously, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have squads like Vandegrift and you're going to have squads like Lake Travis who are, you know, who are going to have something to say about that, right? And who are also playing very well, you know, so region four at the six, eight level on the boys side will be, uh, will be interesting. Will be fun. It'll be drama filled for sure. And we'll be here to cover it, you know, so. We'll be coming back next week with episode four of Inside Texas High School Soccer, uh, most likely either sometime the weekend, either Saturday night around this time, or if not, sometime early Sunday. We just have to contend. I don't know if uh, the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable will be having a 7 a.m. breakfast podcast again or not. So I know I kid, I kid Harry about that. Uh, but yeah, um, no, that's awesome. Great stuff. Uh, any, uh, where can we find you, Coach? For our listeners here, where can we find you? And where can they find uh, also the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable? Yeah, we're, they can find us on Twitter. Uh, they're going to also find us on Facebook. That's where we do our live streams. So if you want to check out our live streams, we have you know the live stream games that we did this past season. Um, also, we have we're on YouTube too as well. And also, if you go to our, we do have a new web page, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. I think dot com. Um, you can see, you can click on the links there to view or, or uh, listen to our, you know, podcasts through uh, Spotify and um, uh, any other format that they, they have. Harry has listed on there, um, so they can check out what episode, all the episodes we have. And like I said, hopefully we'll put some videos on there. And then we got some other ideas coming up, hopefully to for the future, especially with SAFC uh, coming up. I know they have a big game tomorrow, uh, El Clasico, the South Texas Clasico with the RGV. Uh, RGV brisket. Sorry, sorry, RGV, but it's right. <laughs> um, they're gonna play tomorrow on Sunday, and then what time uh, is the uh, what time is that SAFC match uh, tomorrow again? 
seven o'clock, I think six or seven o'clock. So is it going to be? Oh, it's it's going to clash with the U.S. match, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I got to look at that again. I don't know why I was thinking it was a little earlier, like five. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, let me see. I have the schedule here. I got to uh, double check it. You know, I'm a season ticket ma a member. I should know that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. They're playing. Let me see here. Uh, they're playing at six thirty p.m. on ESPN Plus. So I'm gonna have to get the double double screen yeah, for my on my tablet, and then also the TV to watch the Mexico game at six o'clock against Honduras. <laughs> so oh, they got the six. They got the six o'clock game. Yeah. Is, okay. Good. So I good. think that US might have the later game. I think unless they're playing a little bit earlier before beforehand. But yeah, points on. But those points are on the line because US has to win. So does Mexico? Are they going to clinch? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah well, they should. They should because Mexico has who is it? Uh, Honduras. I think another. Yeah, but Honduras has been on the tailspin. They've been on like a downward spiral. I think they've already thrown in the towel. Could be. Yeah, could be. Could be. Who's playing? So is that – it's Costa Rica that must be playing El Salvador then, right? Tomorrow, I think. Well, they're, they're playing they're, – is it U.S. and Panama, right? No, I'm talking about Costa Rica. Someone – I think someone that affects the U.S. is playing uh, El Salvador. I think it's – I Might think it's Costa Rica. Rica. I think it's yeah. Costa Rica. Yeah, so – all right. That's why I thought it was Mexico initially, but sounds great. Uh, again, for our listeners, for our supporters, thank you for everything. Thank you. You're the reason why we do it. This is our, you know, this is our, our special time. This is our holiday season, right? Uh, uh, we love it. It's great. Again, we'll be coming to you every week after after a set number of rounds here in the playoffs leading up all the way through the uh, the state tournament and the state final at uh, Berkelbach Field there in Georgetown. So, uh Please stay with us. Send us uh, send us any any questions you might have. DMs uh, greatly appreciated. You can again you can find us the fifty fifty podcast on Twitter at fifty underscore fifty pod on Instagram at fifty underscore fifty podcast as well as on YouTube at the fifty underscore fifty podcast. So and you can also find all of our uh, again as I've been mentioning briefly because people have been asking. All of our previous episodes have all been archived and uploaded onto onto on the audio format as well so you can find us on all the major platforms just just look up the fifth the 50 slash 50 podcast um and you'll be able to find us there so please if you can you know subscribe follow give us some reviews hopefully some good ones you know but uh if you don't like what you hear hey be honest as well but obviously the good ones we prefer the good ones because that that kind of takes us up the chart and more people can get get access to us so uh, coach, thanks. This has been awesome. Appreciate you. And again, we'll be coming back to you probably most likely this time next Saturday night, where we'll, we'll, we'll look back at the area round and the regional quarterfinal round, and then we'll look ahead to the regional tournaments. So until the next time, thank you again for everybody, for your, for your support and for listening until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 50 50 podcast powered by college promoters, USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.